This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. If you're looking for the voices of strong women with tender hearts who are engaging issues that impact us all, but especially young women, this new series is for you. When COVID started, I paused the podcast and started a monthly membership community for women raising tween and teen girls. Each month we entered into our own stories and our daughter's glory through a relevant topic teen space. I interviewed experts and released them in this private group, and now you get to hear them too. Stay tuned for a lineup of wise thought leaders. I can't wait. So I'm definitely so passionate about strengths because even as I'm thinking about the context of mother-daughter relationships and intentional parenting, it's like how much therapy could be avoided later on in life <laughs> if parents are willing to let their kid be somebody that's different than maybe they are mm. themselves. And just to be aware of that and aware of how God creates each of us really uniquely and gifts us in different ways and gives us different preferences and, and talents and skills and abilities and interests and I think it's all even connected to calling and his purposes for each one of our lives. And I I don't know about you, but for so much of even my adult life, I've had to sort of undo some of the learning that maybe I had earlier in life. I had wonderful parents. I'm very blessed by them for sure. But, But they didn't know how to teach someone how to be somebody that was not like how either of them are. So I can only imagine this, this is going to be a very helpful tool for parents and and mothers who Mm -hmm. want to be intentional and even maybe uncover some of their own things. Like, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Mm -hmm. I'm shepherding my kids, right? But, but who am I and what am I called to and what am I best at? And, and I think those are clues to the mission that God gives each one of us in our own lives too. Totally. Yes. Well, I, I want to dive in further, let's pause and just tell me a little bit about kind of where this came from for you, kind of what all are you doing right now? And, and then let's kind of go big, big perspective. What do you call that? 30,000 feet up on like, what is strength finders and where did it come from? Okay. So first you, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. My name is Rebecca Cornelius and I have lived here in Fort Collins for feel like it's about 13 years now. So it really does feel like home. I'm originally from Oregon. I'm the child of two educators. Um, My parents actually met each other as missionaries overseas, and they really just have a heart for the world Mm -hmm. and for people who've not heard the good news of Christ. And so I was raised in a home that really valued that and had missionaries and people from church into our home often um, just to hear people's stories and who they are um, and just really to learn from them and, and to glean a lot. And as a child, as a kid, I remember learning a lot just by listening. And even there, I'm, I'm sensing those are some clues to my talents, my strengths. Mm-hmm. Even at an early age, I can go back and kind of pinpoint 
I think I was born with these. In fact, the science says that we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, my parents were, were wonderful. They even um, created a few opportunities for us as a family to live overseas um, okay. intentionally to have that worldwide experience to really broaden our horizons and see that life is much different in different parts of the world. And that has given me a heart for missions and a heart for people and their stories and and sharing the good news that we as believers have that this life is not all there is. There is more. There's greater purpose. There's greater meaning. Jesus has not returned yet because he longs to draw more people to himself Uh, I worked for several years. In fact, what brought me to Fort Collins is a missions organization called ELIC, English Language Institute, Mm -hmm. China. I actually worked there for several years, sending people out to the nations after spending a year in China myself after college. So I kind of followed in the footsteps of my parents, but Mm kind of learned that teaching wasn't maybe exactly for me and that was okay. One of my wise mentors in life said, um, give yourself permission in your 20s and even your 30s to try things out. And so Mm -hmm. that's sort of the advice that I give young people these days. But my career has sort of landed in helping young adults, high school and college students has sort of been the common thread throughout my career, figure out who they are and where they're supposed to go in life, what they could do for a job, what they should major in in college. Even, you know, faith questions and missions type questions, that's really the common thread. So I first learned about StrengthsFinder in graduate school myself. I uh, did a Master of Education in College Counseling and Student Development at Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. And that was back when Strengths was relatively new. It was the early 2000s, even positive psychology that Strengths is based in was quite new at that time. Um, So it was exciting to be a part of a university that really embraced Strengths with students and made that a part of the curriculum and the planning and the development. And as a grad student, I had the opportunity to take the assessment myself, but also be a part of integrating Strengths into curriculum in the classroom and mentoring student leaders, so upperclassmen who would help guide freshmen in terms of how they would integrate into the campus community and figure that out. So it's a really awesome opportunity. And I say that catapulted me in my learning of Strengths just by working with those student leaders as they expressed, here's what harmony means to me. Here's what competition means to me. What is that significant strength? I feel like I don't want it to be what it says it is and really wrestling through that with a lot of students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of, one of the most pivotal times for me was one of those student leaders pointing out, Rebecca, you should really embrace your empathy strength. I know it's your number one and I know you're not certain that that's a strength yet. But even when you, let's say, shed a tear, when I'm sharing something that's meaningful to me, that shows me that my story has value. And and I know that you're with me in a way that not a lot of other people have been. And so that's powerful. And that's such a gift. And it's a blessing to me. So that was kind of the beginning of my sensitive nature, me kind of grasping a hold of it and saying, hey, this is a gift how can I use this productively as a gift um, hmm. rather than seeing it as, or, or 
feeling myself self-labeled just as the person who's just too sensitive, which is what I got called often by one of my siblings growing up. I do have a very sensitive and caring heart and, and I happen to cry easily, but empathy is so much more than that. It's the ability to pick up on things that are unsaid or someone who has something really good to say, but is not quite brave enough to speak. I can stop the conversation and say, hey, Hannah, what do you think about this? And and that's empathy. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. So it was during grad school that kind of I began my journey with strengths to understand what all of the 34 are. And kind of that's where it began for me. I've always been in love with them. I've always kind of done um, just icebreakers and training with whatever work teams, workplace teams that I've been a part of. And most recently, I had the opportunity to to share with the leadership of my former workplace. Um, It was a school, a network of schools how strengths could really impact students in the classroom as well as employees. And and Gallup has a lot of research. Gallup is sort of the sponsor of strengths. They have a lot of research that actually employees who know their strengths are more likely to be engaged and happier at work and stay longer. And so there's a lot of science and research that goes into backing this up. So I became really excited when I was given the go ahead to say, hey, let's, let's, work this out for both students and staff. And then I was like, oh, this is a lot. Um, But I actually got to be officially trained as a strengths coach, along with several of my colleagues. And throughout the process of the next couple of years, we started implementing that with students and with staff. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my journey with Mm -hmm. strengths so far. So tell me, Rebecca, a little bit about how strengths is different than so many of the other personality tests. And maybe it's not even considered a personality test, but how does it fit into understanding ourselves? Sure. Well, Gallup, let's see, we'll start with the 30,000 foot view, uh, just kind of an overview of where the assessment came from, Mm -hmm. where some of the research came from. I think I mentioned positive psychology, Mm -hmm. which was actually quite new in the early 2000s. Prior to that, as you may know, a lot of, you know, Freud and some of the old school psychologists, what is wrong with you? Let's dive into all of your wounding and your past. That is beneficial. That is helpful. But the positive psychology movement really began with Don Clifton. He was an educator and researcher at the University of Nebraska. And he asked a question, which is now a famous quote of his, that goes just like this. It goes, what would happen if we think about what is right with people rather than what is wrong with people? Mm. And as a psychologist, that was pretty revolutionary to Mm. his peers, you know, Uh, but that kind of became the basis of what positive psychology is rooted in. And so he started studying the people who are the best of the best in their fields, the Steve, Steve Jobs, the Jeff Bezos, the, you know, everybody who's top in their field, a wide variety of fields, just um, quantitatively as well as qualitatively. So he, he had people take, you know, assessments. Gallup is known for their polls and their research, but all, he also talked to people and heard their stories. What led you to be so successful in life? Let's study those successes. Oh, how are you integrating and translating those successes from the past, even into your daily life now? And that's a lot of what strengths coaching is now actually involved in, is just studying our successes. In fact, 
you don't have to take the assessment. I think it's helpful if you do, but just to dive in with someone, let's say you or your daughters, um, where have you found your greatest success in life? And let's dig into that and examine that a little bit. How can we translate some of those things to maybe a current challenge that you have or a dream that you'd like to accomplish? Um, just acknowledging that, that we're all just a little bit made up very differently. So um, as Don Clifton was studying, he, he came up with thousands in the thousands. I feel like it was like 5,000 different types of themes of talent. And that was a lot, right? So over time, and this is like the mid nineties, late nineties by then, he narrowed it down into 34 themes of talent. So he, he was able to kind of group some of them together. Um, and so basically there, I'm going to stop right here and kind of discuss a few definitions for us. Um, the assessment that he created in 1998 um, it's possible to have, and we each have 34 talents. We have all of the talents. Mm. We just, the assessment actually has you rank, are you more this or are you more this? And then another question, are you more this or are you more this? Just to really hone in and really rank some of those different topics. I think there's 177 of them. So for anyone out there who's super curious about the data and the analytics and, and how the assessment was established, you can just Google Clifton Strengths Technical Report. Okay. And there's actually a lot of great, there's a huge long, you know, research paper on that. On that same page is actually a really cool several links on how is strength similar and different to Myers-Briggs or to the Enneagram or to character strengths is another one. So it actually lists out several different personality inventories. Um, but what I think sets strengths apart from other personality inventories is that, and I read this in the technical report, talent actually encompasses personality as well as attitudes, knowledge, skills, and abilities. So it's a little bit broader almost mm -hmm. of an umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then the assessment is just a quick accelerator to help us figure out, you know, out of all the things in the world, what am I really like, what am I best at? Right. And actually that's why you only get your top five results too. Because, well, that Don Clifton quote again, what would happen if we focus on what is right with people? That kind of starts with me, right? Like what would happen if I focused on what is right with me rather than what a, on what is wrong with me? Because we're so naturally good in certain areas, like I said, empathy for me, I need to learn how to channel that, how to focus that, how to kind of flex it like a muscle in a variety of circumstances in my life. And that's not to say others who don't have that can't do that. They'll just use different strengths to attack a challenge or accomplish a dream or a vision or a goal. So I think it's really, it's a performance tool technically is what Gallup calls it. So I almost want to see it as, Strengths are actionable items rather than putting you in a little box, which I think some people might think that personality inventories or personality assessments just put you in a box. This is meant to be, and I've had strengths coaches, master strengths coaches say this to me, Rebecca, how could you use your empathy in that, in that situation? So it's for me to come up with how I will use it. It's not just to say, oh, you're that, so you can do that. 
it's not like the end of the conversation. It's like the means to a goal. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I'm thinking of one daughter in particular who does not want to be put into a box and resists uh, things like the Enneagram, for instance, that does that. This would be, I think, more motivating to her. Mm -hmm. Sure. So what did you call it? An action what did you say? It's, I don't even remember what I said. Uh, it's, it's actionable. It's right. the how we get to the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not the end result. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I like how it's more, perfor- more performance, less personality is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Um, and it's also cool to think that we all have all 34. Mm-hmm. It so really it's, is. it's almost like as believers, we could view it as, of course, we're imaging God. So why wouldn't that be inherent in all of us? But we are unique. And so it makes sense that maybe more would be more prominent than others. Yeah. Fun, fun fact, because Gallup has all the research that I like to pull from, because it really, then coupled with our faith really makes an impact on me the chances that you would have the same top five in that same order as someone else is one in 33 million people. That's hard to imagine. Of course, I don't get math, but that's crazy. I know. Well, if you think about it, and I've really pondered this because I've done some trainings and, and helped people with strengths, but how many people are in the world today alive? Like seven, eight million, something like that. I'm really bad at that too. Yeah. 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 Billion. Um, It's just, it's unfathomable. But then I think I don't actually know the actual numbers, but what are the chances then that someone would have the same ranking of all 34 in the same order? I actually don't think it's possible. It's some like, like number that I don't know of that my dad, who was a math teacher (laughs) would know, but like, it's like not a fathomable number. So when I couple that with my faith and knowing that God has created each of us very uniquely and yet also to represent aspects of his image and his character and given us specific purpose and mission in in this world Mm -hmm. at this particular time in history, Mm -hmm. like that just kind of blows my mind and makes me stop and think, wow, as a woman, so often I don't think highly enough of God's creation mm-hmm. or God's creation. Mm-hmm. Like I want to just stop and take that in a little bit. And strengths I love because it gives us sort of the words to describe. It gives us a common language to describe uniqueness. You know, I have a, I have some friends who have empathy, but they also might have learner and analytical and deliberative. So their, their empathy is going to be impacted by the combination of how that works out with their other top five strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. So talk a, t- tell us a little bit more about a few. I mean, obviously we can't go into all 34, but- sure dive into a couple of those a little bit more. Yeah. So I think the easiest way for me is to start by saying Gallup has grouped them into quadrants. So there's technically four domains. And I don't usually start with that when I'm coaching people, because sometimes people get too hung up on the domains, the four Mm -hmm. different types. So there's a category with several strengths in relationship building. There's one that is um, strategic thinking. 
there's one that is executing, and then there's one that is influencing. Hmm. So some people-oriented ones, some task-oriented ones, some thinking-oriented ones, some heart-oriented ones, um, and there's several different strengths within each of those. Hmm. So I have a little, you know, just a little cheat sheet here, Clifton Strengths um, okay. themes. But, you know, there's activator, someone who just gets started, like, we're done talking about it already. Let's just go. What are we going to do about that? That's in the influencing themes. There's connectedness. That's someone who really sees meaning and purpose and connections in a way that someone else might not be able to. There's focus, someone who's very, very gifted in the ability to just focus on a task or a goal or very driven to make that happen. There's, um, let's see, there's one called intellection. That's one of my favorite ones that I definitely don't have, or it's way down on my list. It's way, way down. But intellection is really enjoying the process of just thinking about a concept, just <laughs> thinking and thinking and thinking. And then they actually gain new insights by continuing to think about it. They don't have to talk to anybody. They just think about it. <laughs> there's one called self-assurance. And that's, that's one of the, there's a few strengths that are maybe not understood as well. And that would be one of them. Um, but it's basically, it's a, it's a confident person, you know, someone who's just self-assured and say, I know the direction that we need to go and it's going to be this way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they might come off as intimidating or if it's an undeveloped strength, maybe if it's just still raw talent, or maybe someone has beat that down in them, they mm -hmm. just come off as really arrogant. And that actually brings me to the point of just a couple of terms. I've used sort of talents and strengths and themes a little bit interchangeably. One thing I like to convey to people is that you can take this assessment and you're going to get some results, but what you do about them is really your choice. Technically, you have talents. Everyone has talents and a talent is a naturally recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. So that's like a raw strength. That's like an undeveloped strength, almost like a baby muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Like you learn how to work it out over time or maybe the course of your adult life, you're working that out and kind of growing it. But it takes some intentionality. It takes some investment, it takes some development to, to grow that into a strength. Gallup Divines uh, defines a strength as the ability to consistently produce a positive outcome through near perfect performance on a specific task. So hmm. it's really mastery. It's really the most excellent of the excellent in their field or, you know, someone who's just really, really, really gifted and has honed in on how to productively apply something. Hmm. So. That's what makes it a strength. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking, when we're talking about teenagers mm -hmm. and we're doing a, this with them and they're, we're coming up with their five strengths, it's still undeveloped. It's still immature. I mean, they're not there, the top of their field in any way, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, tell me about that journey of what you do about it and how you, sure. how, and how we as parents can help develop that and help our kids develop that in themselves. Yeah. I know that out there, there's a lot of really great parents. Probably the ones that are listening are, are the really intentional ones. So, 
you might have, you know, moderate sized, let's say muscles, if we're going with the muscle picture um, in your kids, but there might be some surprises in there too. Cause you know, these are teenagers, right? So they're in the process of becoming. Gallup says, and research has shown that people were born with these talents. Mm. And so if a talent is cultivated and developed and allowed to be practiced and and thrive, let's say in the home environment or at school or amongst friends, then it starts growing into a strength. And so I think it's really about the conversation that you'll have with your teenagers about, hey, these were your results. What do you think about it, first of all? And then second, can you think of times when those were evidenced in your life and, and share with me an example of what comes to mind? I think parents can sometimes, and I know this because I've worked with parents in schools quite a lot. Parents can kind of do the answer thing and kind of fill in the blank. Like I've seen this in you, da, 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 da. It's more powerful when you let the person share from their own experience. Um, and if they can't come up with something, that's fine. You could say, hey, what about that time? But I think it's even more valuable learning when you let your daughter share from her own life and from her own experience. Beth, I think that you and uh, one of your daughters had this experience. What was your conversation with her like when she shared her results with you? She, well, the one that made the most impact on her was um, the future. What's the future one called? Futuristic. Futuristic. It felt relieving to her to have that be called a strength because she's, she was so, and and so this was last year. So she would have been a junior. She was so in her head about what's coming, what's next, her future, future, future. And I think she had begun to wonder what's wrong with me. No one else around me seems to be like that. So to have it named a strength for her to start viewing that as a strength, felt like a relief to her. Um, in some ways it felt like a relief to me too, to, to realize, huh, you're right. Like that is a gift and it can at times stress you out. And so let's, let's learn how to work on work with that gift. Um, but yeah, I think just having that turn and, and then the shift of perspective, of this is positive. This isn't a weakness. This mm-hmm. is positive. How do we make it grow even more? I don't do remember you, all five of hers, but yeah, you don't have to remember them right now, but my memory of, cause I got to talk with her too. Um, talking with her is that I think she maybe had some other in her had strengths that were also in her top five. Do you think those maybe had further opportunity to develop and the futuristic just hadn't been developed yet? Possibly. Okay. Or maybe they had received more positive feedback Mm -hmm. than the futuristic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think as, as I'm sharing this parents, just be mindful of the fact that some of your daughter's strengths may have had more workout opportunities than others. Right. Hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. Like Ella, um, so work with your daughter, talk with your daughter about how could that be productively applied in the world, in your life right now for what, what you'd like to do in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, 
not everyone has futuristic, but even then like daughters are in the process of becoming right. Mm -hmm. And so I think having those conversations just really frees them to fly because man, my niece, my oldest niece is 14. And so I'm feeling a little bit of that. I'm, I'm her aunt. I'm not her mom, but I'm her aunt. And I'm feeling a little bit of that. Like, who is she going to become? She has these interests and some of these interests. And how do I, as her aunt, even sort of cultivate that in her and allow some of these, I want to say propensities, but their talents, their strengths to thrive, even though I know her mom is very different and I'm very different. How do we let her, her name happens to be Ella as well, actually. Um, How do we let Ella fly because mm-hmm. I mean she's 14 that's what another four years that we've got with her and then then she has to figure out how to like fly out of the nest right um, and hopefully she comes back to it right that's the dream that's the goal um but mm-hmm. life happens sometimes but I think just having these open conversations where where mom and daughter are fully just asking questions of each other even Mm -hmm. I think will be very much a blessing to both people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't read the strengths-based parenting. That's the name of the book, right? Yep. Um, But I'm curious. I mean, I imagine this is kind of what it's talking about and what it would, what it would be like for moms to parent out of that to both come to know their own top five strengths to come to know their child's. And then how does that actually shift how they parent? Right. Do you have any, like, I, I imagine you've read the book. I have read bits and pieces of it and given it as gifts to lots okay. of people, actually. Yes. I'm just curious about like a specific example of, of what that looks like, how, how knowing and understanding this actually changes. Perhaps previously you would have responded this way. But now that you understand strengths, you might respond this way. Do you, is that yep. too on the spot to ask for an example? No, it's not on the spot at all. In fact, one of my favorite things that I love about how Gallup does most of their books are they're not, you don't have to read them cover to cover. It's a big fat strengths-based parenting book, okay. but really you take the assessment um, and then your child takes the assessment and then you read just the action items for your top five and then the, the child's action items for their top five. Huh. So it's really, let's say I'm just making this up on the spot, but I know because I've read several of these. Um, let's say if you're a parent that has empathy, you know, ask how your child felt at school today just to get a gauge on their day. You know, that really taps into the feelings and, and me and my particular maybe parenting style that's probably going to be different than someone else's, but but that's how I could, you know, cultivate naming feelings for my child so that they know how to name their feelings when they're grown up. Even if they maybe aren't a feelings oriented kid, the ability to do that is going to serve them well in relationships in the future. Yeah. And I think knowing, okay, that's mom's, one of mom's strengths is empathy. So she's not just nosy. She's not just like getting up in my business. This is actually her strength. It's how she cares about me. It's how she cares about me. I think that too could be helpful, especially for a mother-daughter relationship if they are are very different too. And I imagine if their strengths are completely different, understanding where that's coming from could be really helpful. Totally. 
Totally. I'm going to go into a couple of logistics here since we're talking about that book mm-hmm. and tell you, I just looked on Amazon right now. It's $16.99. Um, and that's actually a great deal because you could just purchase a strengths code without the book mm-hmm. for about, it's either 20 or $25. And the book comes with one strengths code. Okay. So I highly recommend that. And it has those particular parenting action items and then child action items. Mm-hmm. The book also comes with, and this might be handy for some of your families. It comes with uh, a strengths explorer code. Now strengths explorer is actually a different assessment that's intended for children ages 10 to 14. It's basically a simplified version of Strengths Explorer. So, okay. I was going to ask finder. you yeah. the age, like how yep. young that it's possible to take it. And yeah, how does an 11 year old take the same test as right. 30 year olds taking? So, okay. Right. Yep. So, this book comes with a code for younger girls and mom. Yep. Ideally. Exactly. Exactly. And bonus even more. It has a section on it's called strength spotting. So for kids younger than age 10, how to kind of keep an eye out for, for things that they might be doing, even a toddler's age, you know, Oh, they're really doing this often as opposed to my other child who never did that, you know, to kind of have that positive mindset Mm -hmm. from the get go. Um, So I really think that strengths-based parenting book is the most bang for your buck. (laughs) I'm not paid by Gallup to say this, but I will tell people about a few other resources that they have. Um, particularly teenagers might be interested in a book called Clifton Strengths for Students. Okay. That actually, it comes with a code as well. So let's say you have a 16 year old daughter and a mother, neither of whom have taken the assessment. Maybe the family buys strengths-based parenting and Clifton Strengths for Students. And the Clifton Strengths for Students will have particular action items based on how to be a better student, basically in academics and how Mm -hmm. to figure out your career path in the future. Mm -hmm. So that strengths for students book is intended for high school and college age students. Okay. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may or may not have, I'm sure that you're going to have in your group, someone with a family member who's taken strengths in the business world or possibly in church too. There's a strengths-based leadership book also comes with a code. There's also an older book called Living Your Strengths that's actually used sometimes by churches. And it talks about how to, how to use your strengths, basically like spiritual gifts and how to serve in your church and even mm-hmm. scripture passages that relate to each of those. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that uh, a strengths code for the assessment comes with each one of those books. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Ella, my Ella needs that book for students. Yes. Yes. Um, I was going to, oh, you were talking about younger kids spotting and, you know, in our community, I talk a lot about identifying our daughter's glory and that they've been laying down clues since they were born. And there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with Parker Palmer. He's one of my favorite authors, but your life speak. Yes. I love that book. Know the quote of, um, oh, now I'm forgetting it. Since the beginning, our our lives have laid down clues to selfhood and vocation. I haven't heard that quote actually. Yes. I talk a lot about if we look back and reflect, we will see there have been clues. Mm -hmm. 
And I talk about it in terms of our daughter's glory. I think it's very similar to what we're talking about here in terms of their God-given innate talents. Um, And so just having some different language, different questions to ask ourselves. Sometimes I think my moms get stuck with it. It feels so mysterious and I just, ah, so having questions to ask ourselves to, to think back or to notice differently, I think could be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, and I really like to share this. I don't always get the opportunity to about share about strengths in a faith-based setting, but since this group, Mm -hmm. you were talking about core glory and and God's creation. Um, I can't help but notice that the same word talent is used in one of the parables that Jesus talks about the parable of the talents, you know, and that's where the master gives 10 talents to one of his servants. He gives five to another, uh, or was it two and then one, Mm -hmm. and then he comes back and asks them how they've invested the talents and what they've done. And, even as I was just getting ready to talk with you today, I read a a note in my study Bible that said our modern day word for talent actually came from that very parable, Mm -hmm. that ability, that gift, that parable. I don't think Jesus shared that as a, how many talents it's not about how many it's about what you do with them. Mm -hmm. So it's a stewardship issue. It's an investment issue. And I'm not a mother But like I said earlier, I've had a lot of students and so I tend to mother them. And I really just like to nurture in each one of them talents and and awareness and appreciation and then application of those talents and and finding those connections for them. So I don't know, I'd encourage people to really dig into that that parable a little bit more and see Mm. what more can be gleaned because our master has given us these raw talents, right? And Jesus will come back or we'll be in heaven with him. And he's going to ask us what he, what we did with the talents that he gave us. Strengths is just one assessment that can help us more easily identify what some of those talents are, Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's hard to, life is busy, right? We get distracted. It's helpful to know what our talents or what our uniqueness Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for giving us your time today and really explaining something that I, yeah, I hadn't fully understood. So great useful tools. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening today. If you're curious about something you heard, check the show notes for links to learn more. And perhaps you'd like to check out one of the Fierce and Lovely mini courses for a deep dive into a particular parenting topic. That link is in the notes too. Fierce and Lovely is a proud partner of the Restore Universe, where like-minded practitioners and programs are all infused with the Restory approach. Curious? Check us out at RestoryUniverse.com.